Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 12 of Keeping Up with the Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, coming from the beautiful Banff, Alberta, and just like always, joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham, the Derminator. What is up, my guy? Not too much, brother. Just finally uh, getting over some cold or something I had all last week, and uh, finally feeling good the last couple days. How about you? Almost the exact same. Uh, felt like trash all weekend long. Uh, didn't feel good at all, but today probably the best day so far. So I think I'm finally getting out of it. Uh, so that's a bonus for both of us. Oh, yeah. Nice to be feeling good and go walking around again. Oh, yeah. It honestly, it certainly does. Uh, colds are never fun, but it's uh, it's that flu season right now. And uh, you know what? I'm a degenerate a human being, so I never go and get the flu shot. That is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm, uh, I, f- I feel like I'm over the jabs at this point. You know what I'm saying? I never got the flu shot as a kid growing up anyways. That was a COVID joke, by the way. Oh, I know. I'm over the jab. <laughs> How about those cracking, baby? I mean, we just got done watching them uh, win their sixth game in a row. Uh, they're absolutely on fire. Just took down the Buffalo Sabres minutes ago, a nice four, three overtime on the road in a back-to-back situation, Durham, uh, another huge win. That's five straight on the road for this team. They are buzzing. Yeah. 2023 has been fantastic to the crack and to start. Yeah. Uh, undefeated so far in 2023, it's been a hell of a start for this team. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't get to watch all of this game. Just basically, you know, half of the third period, if I'm being honest, just got home from work and uh, yeah, I didn't get to see a whole lot of it, but just watching the highlights seemed like a pretty solid game. A lot of people online were saying, especially the Twitter, Twitter sphere saying uh, Grubauer had a nice solid performance in net. Of course he let in that last one with like 20 seconds left. Uh, that looked like a tough one. You know, kind of comes off a rebound. Alex Tuck tucks in his 20th of the year, but it didn't mean a whole lot because the Kraken got away with a big 4-3 win. Yeah, I think in the first two periods there, it was kind of the Kraken were just keeping pace with the Sabres goal-wise and staying in the game. And a large part of that was because of Grubauer playing so well. And thanks to him, they were able to outpace them in the third period. And like you said, pulled off that 4-3 W there. Yeah, and it looks like a huge, huge third period for uh, Maddie the Baddie, eh? Beneers potting home his uh, 16th off a nice little Vince Dunn point shot there where he's able to just poke home the rebound. And then, of course, getting the uh, beautiful assist, taking the time, caressing the puck down low and finding Justin Schultz, uh, you know, pinching in to get his fifth of the season, giving Maddie Beneers two huge points to help the Kraken go up 4-2 in that third period, and uh, they ran away with it. Yeah, what I really liked about the Schultz goal there, too, was that top line who has been so dominant the last couple of weeks for the Kraken. 
all five guys on the ice touched the puck in about six seconds there before it went in the back of the net, which is just awesome. Yeah, just that straight-up chemistry with uh, the whole team right now. Uh, everybody's feeling it. The vibes are high. Jordan Eberle tipping home his 10th uh, of the year gets him into the double-digit categories there on the power play. Uh, and then we see, too, in the second period, uh, Schultz again with a nice drive just down the, the right wing uh, along the boards and is able to create some space for himself. And Yanni Gord's just driving that net so hard, just like he does so well and pots home his sixth of the season. So uh, just, just a lot of guys uh, coming together to get that win. A lot of the same guys who have been hot too recently. I mean, Everly and Baneers, Vince Dunn back on the board, Justin Schultz with a big two point night. Uh, this team's just electric. Yeah. How about Dunn? Like we'll get into him, how great he's been a little bit late later, but also twice this week, he was the only cracking defenseman to get points and he's just been racking them up. Yeah. He is on some kind of heater. He was super pumped up for this Eastern uh, road trip. Of course, with uh, you seen it in the Ottawa game, he had tons of family and friends attend that game and, you know, he, he delivered in that one too. So you could tell he was obviously pumped up for this road trip and uh, yeah, it's really paid off for the guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what's that put him at? Eight points in his last four games now? Yeah, uh, probably one of the best, if not the best streak he's had uh, since being an NHL player. I'd say so. Hell yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, jumping back into some of the recent games, I mean, a 5-1 win against Toronto to start this kind of Eastern Canadian road trip off, that's a huge, huge statement right away. Yeah, that's one where, you know, the team started kind of slow. They got extremely outshot. And I know you're probably thinking extremely Toronto to even get 10 shots. But if you get tripled, I'm going to say you got extremely outshot. 9-3 in the first period for the Leafs. But then the Kraken absolutely poured it on in the next two periods. Yeah, and who else but the new guy to get things going to? Eli Tolvanen picks up his fourth of the season uh, on the power play, assisted by, you know, who Vince Dunn, of course. Uh, that was just another fabulous shot that uh, we've been seeing from Eli Tolvanen, where he just picks his spot uh, playing his off wing on the power play there. Yeah, he always played right wing growing up, and it was where he played in the KHL and all that when he got drafted. And for some reason, Nashville never seemed to give him extended looks there. And Seattle seems to have just thrown him on the right wing and said, let's see what you got, kid. And he's responding with five points in five games going into tonight's game against Buffalo. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. Um, Toronto would you know, tie the game up to virus on the power play with his 16th. But other than that, Derm, it was all cracking for the rest of this game. Oh, absolutely. You're going to have a puck battle on the wall, find its way to Vince Dunn, who he's going to take a couple steps before firing his fifth of the year into the back of the net, followed shortly after by Jared McCann getting his 18th of the year in his hometown on a breakaway, just wires it on a beauty pass from how, Schwartz for the stretch, too. How about that pass, though? I mean, I, I mean, McCann was absolutely wide open, but he just took off with that thing and just picked over Murray's glove. Uh, just beautiful stuff from Jared McCann. Looked looked so confident on that play. Yeah, he's been absolutely feeling it this year. And then Matty Benier is getting on the board too in, uh, just before that second period comes to an end as well. Yeah, picking up the fan Deberly shot there. But like we talked about earlier, that top line's just got the chemistry rolling. Yeah, spins and just releases one into the back of the net there. Uh, beauty goal from Benier's. And then Wenberg, just a three minutes into that third period, just puts the game away, ices it, and the Kraken come out with a huge 5-1 victory uh, in a barn that is not hard or not easy to pick up two points. No, definitely. They did, to be honest, better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a little bit more wide open, maybe some more shots. Neither team hit 30, and they just shut the Leafs down. Yeah, to shut down a team that brings so much offense to the game like that in a 5-1 win, uh, just completely outstanding. And credit to Jones because, you know, if he wasn't uh, just so outstanding in that first period, the game would have looked totally different. Exactly. The PK did their job too, 4-5. to five. That's what you want. 
that's what you want. And we're starting to see some more goals coming from the power play. And it seems to be ever since uh, Eli Tolvin has, has come into the loop here, they've, they've heated back up on the power play. It seems. Yeah. I think they've got one every game this week, except for the Ottawa game. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. And we haven't seen that in a, in a little while. So uh, that's good signs that the, both special teams are turning it around for the better part of things. Uh, and that's a big reason why they've had so much success. And speaking of the Ottawa game, what a barn burner that was on Saturday night. eh? Holy crap. That was uh, the basically the one game I was able to watch because of, uh, you know, work and just, busy stuff in life and uh you know i'm glad i didn't miss this one because it was goals 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 galore yeah jones stops 19 out of 23 and a, a stutzla hat trick for the senators wasn't going to stop the crack and eberly and burakovsky get three points of their own and oh what a fucking game that was yeah, and I guess it's not bad if you don't score a power play goal if you're still putting up eight goals in the game. Eight goals from eight different goal scorers. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. And Bjorkstrand would start it all off just walking in uh, and just picking his shot, just just a snapshot, uh, just, just above the uh, top of the circle there, uh, comes in and just makes no mistake on that. Yeah, I couldn't believe he was able to just find a bouncing puck in the neutral zone there and just collect it full of speed and just step into that, eh? Yeah, just rifled it. Uh, basically the type of Bjorkstrand goal you would expect him to be scoring. He's always been a sniper. Speaking of snipes, too, how about everyone letting Kachuk just walk up Main Street before he throws a little shoulder shake in the slot and rips one past Jonesy? Yeah, not a not a bad little shimmy shake on his way in too to kind of fake look he's uh, gonna cut on the outside, but keeps it onto the inside and just snipes home his fourteenth. But that wasn't enough at all for Ottawa because the Kraken just kept pouring it on. Exactly. About two and a half minutes later, Jared McCann's gonna go two straight games. He's gonna have his nineteenth of the year, assisted by Schwartz and Wenberg as the Seattle Kraken will take a lead. And then about a minute and a half after that, Schultz's going to get his fourth of the season. And it's 3-1 Seattle. Yeah, and they take that 3-1 lead right, uh, right into the second period. Uh, and then you'd see a little bit of a, a short comeback from Ottawa. There, Stutzla would get uh, a couple goals of his own. Uh, maybe one a little bit lucky. <laughs> hey, wouldn't you say that first one there? Yeah, kind of just a nice little bounce right to his stick, eh? Yeah, well, I mean, it kind it be pretty much um, Brandon Tanev shoots it, and it just goes right off of his body and in. So um, that was pretty lucky. And then, yeah, he gets kind of that oh, other right. one that bounces right to him for his seventeenth. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that, of the next one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I figured you were, but and then that would tie it up three three. But uh, once again, the Kraken would pour it on. Yeah, Borgen's gonna Borgen, sorry, is gonna chip it up to Sprung here, who for some reason is gonna have all the room in the world skating into the offensive zone, and he's gonna snap home his twelfth of the year. Yeah, uh, pretty much immediately after that Stutzla goal, too, took the just took the wind and sails out of the building and out of the legs of the Senators there. Yeah, I think they were still announcing it actually by the time uh, Spronger was ripping his shot by. Yeah, I, I'm 100% guarantee it was only uh, seconds after. So uh, that would get them back into the lead, and they weren't done there. No, they're going to knock down a rim from the Ottawa goalie there. Eberle, it's going to get chipped low. Eberly's going to move it to Beniers, and he's going to quickly snap home his 14th of the season. Dude, just snapped it upstairs too. It eh? just picks up a perfect pass from Eberly. It just snaps it upstairs, and they weren't done there. No, Burakovsky certainly seemed to be liking that spot on the half wall where he was making a couple plays because now he's going to find Vince Dunn and he's going to just step into this clapper for his sixth of the season. How about the ping on that shot? Ooh, you heard just that all the way in the pin. All the way downtown Ottawa, even though the arena is 45 minutes outside of the friggin' city. And uh, it was pretty cool, actually, to see all of his family and friends. They had the huge Dunn head. Uh, they were holding up. They were going nuts. So that that was pretty awesome to see. Also awesome to see. 
three minutes later, Jordan Eberle, his ninth of the year after the boys are hard on the four check. I mean, they might have slashed Shabbat a little bit, but fuck it, whatever. We scored. That's all we care about. Going to cause a turnover. It's going to get to Burakovsky. He's going to fan on the shot. It's going to get kind of blocked, but Eberle's is not. No, he's there to find that little puck that trickles right to him. That would make it a 7-3 game. And and right there, this game was pretty much over at that point in the third period, just five, just 15 minutes left. So uh, there really wasn't a chance for Ottawa. Stutzla scores a nice little goal for this Hattie, but this game was far. It was over Durham, and, and what a performance from the Kraken uh, to come out with an 8-4 victory. Yeah, Burkowski's going to add his 11th of the year after Stutzla's hat-trick there just to make sure if we're playing last goal wins, it's still Seattle's game. Eight to four, they're going to double up the Sens and they're going to just roll through Canada. Yeah, and another big win for Martin Jones too to add to it. And PK wasn't too bad. Like we said, going into that, Ottawa was ranked, what, third in the league on the power play at 28%. So you only give up one one goal out of three. That's not too, too bad. Yeah, especially if you're going to keep scoring like we talked about the way they are, then you're okay allowing a power play goal. 100%. Yeah, big time. And then uh, that road trip kept continuing because uh, they bring it into Montreal just a couple more nights later. I guess it was last night, speaking of, uh, you know, where we are right now, and pull out a huge 4 nothing victory, Durham. Yeah, they were going to carry the goals straight through from Ottawa's third period into the first period against Montreal here when who else but, like you said, the new guy, Eli Tolvin, and fires his fifth of the year just 654 into the first period yeah just once again just showing that he belongs in there just on the side of the net there pops it in uh just great to see how much success he's already having with this team and he looks comfortable out there yeah and what was really nice to see here and i know it was emphasized on the broadcast this isn't tolvenin but we're going to pump dunn's tires again just a fantastic stretch pass to gord to start it and then when Gord delays after gaining the entry in the zone, he finds who else but Vince Dunn joining the rush right in the middle of the ice. He collects the puck and then it throws the backdoor tap into Tolvanen. Like, that's just some impressive shit that we were talking about. And Dunn is feeling it right now. Yeah, that was uh, that was a string of like a, a bullet, just precision passing on that play where it ended up on uh, the guy's the stick who you want it, the sniper Eli Tolvanen, and uh, you know he he all he had to do was just put that on net really to bang it home. Uh, but yeah, what a goal on that play! And then the Kraken weren't done scoring in this first period. No, three minutes after that, they're going to find themselves on a power play. They're going to work it around pretty nice up high, and then Burakovsky's going to go cross ice to Sprong for a one-timer where he dents the post before burying it. Yeah, ding-dong Daniel Sprong finds a way to squeak that one in. It looks like it may have uh, yeah, hit the post, went on back off uh, Montembeau there, and then finds a way to trickle into the back of the net, and uh, that power play's got another goal. Damn straight, and then Seattle's going to get another goal four minutes after that when Bjorkstrand throws it deep, lets the boys cycle on Montreal's terrible defense. They get it up high to Dunn, and he's going to wrist one into the net, and that's his seventh of the year. Yeah, great play there from, I really like the forecheck of Yanni Gore just getting down dirty there, and then just a nice simple play from Tolvanen, just get it back to your point, put it on net, good things happen when you do that. Yeah, and then not a whole lot goes on in the second period there. I mean, bit of a dust-up with the boys playing physical, not backing down from any shit. Montreal trying to get themselves back into the game, but the Kraken aren't having it. Jonesy in the third period is going to shut the door on Caulfield and Suzuki. And then for the empty netter, who else but Matty Beneers to seal it after a fantastic defensive steal from Eberle in the neutral zone, eh? Yeah, that was just... That, that was just amazing play there and it helps uh helps maddie Beneers keep that goal streak alive baby yeah that's three games in a row four games in a row for montreal going into buffalo going into it yep yeah that would have been his fourth in a row and then uh yeah just like we said tonight obviously pops another one in back-to-back nights makes it five games in a row where maddie Beneers has scored a goal he's really starting to heat up again yeah, that's what you love to see, especially getting the confidence of being named an all-star. 
No kidding. And we'll get into that in a little bit for sure. Uh, but Durham, another solid week. And this team keeps on winning, keeps on climbing up the standings. And uh, they're once again, just right there for that second uh, spot in the, in the division. Yeah, this is exactly what we'd like to see. Well, love to see, not just like to see. Get right on LA's ass. Use the games in hand that you have available and stay and apply heat. You want to try and get home ice advantage for playoffs. You don't want to go in and I think LA, I know I've said this all year. I think LA is going to drop a bit. Edmonton, we're all waiting for that push to come. And you do not want to go into Edmonton in the playoffs for game one. Yeah, no kidding. Um, But the way I'm going to predict it, we're pretty much at the halfway point now, right? Most teams are either over or have hit their 41st game mark. I think this was game number, was this game number 40 for the Kraken? Game number 41. Uh, This was game 40. 40. And they have 52 points. So clearly on pace for basically 105 point season, give or take. So um, that should be no problem in locking down. I would think a top two spot in the Pacific division. Really don't think LA has any chance of getting there. I mean, they're two points ahead with four games more played. And, uh, Durham, their goal differential is a minus one compared to the Krakens plus 22, which puts them the third best in the whole Western Conference. Yeah, that's something that's kind of been the interesting thing in the standings all year is how LA has been in a playoff spot, but consistently been a minus in their goal differential. And then you've got Buffalo is the complete opposite. They've consistently been a plus goal differential and have not been able to get into a playoff spot all year. Yeah, and Buffalo really is a great team, and I know they came off a 4 nothing loss last night to Philadelphia, and for the Kraken to come in and shut them out, at, or not like sh- not a shutout, but to get the win uh, you know, in their barn tonight, that's just another statement from the Kraken, another great performance. Yeah, that's huge, like you said, with both teams being on the back-to-back to be able to step up and take the two points that you really need. Yeah, but no doubt about it, their toughest game of this uh, road trip is is their next game, Durham. And that's going to be against the big, bad Boston Bruins. Oh, man. What can't we say about the Boston Bruins this, this year? Like, we may just be in their way this week. They have not lost since an overtime loss to, funny enough, the Sabres. A couple week or a couple days ago, and they have not lost in regulation since December 9th. Yeah, looking at the calendar, uh, it's January 10th today. That's over a month. That is crazy. Yeah, this is a team that just keeps killing everyone they come up against, and it doesn't matter what kind of game you want to play, they're going to beat you at it. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to matter too much who's in net, whether it's Swayman, whether it's Allmark. I mean, Allmark almost seems impossible to beat right now. Only has, you know, one regulation loss in 24 games, which is just insane. Yeah, I think he's our third-ranked fantasy player. Yep, and uh, they have the third-best power play. They got the first-best penalty kill in the league. Their face-off percentage is second-best. Their goals for per game is second-best. And their goals against per game is first in the league. Durham, they're top three in every category minimum. See, uh, see, this is exactly what I said. I don't know what we can't say about the Bruins this year. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a game. Um if the Kraken can find a way to keep this streak alive and, and uh, end up tying uh, their win streak at seven games, which they had earlier this year, I'm going to be so impressed. And if they're going to do that, how are they going to make it happen? Well, you're going to have to somehow limit Pasternak to just one point. You're not going to keep him off the board. It doesn't happen. He's got almost a goal a game. He's at 58 points in 40 games. Like, yeah. Let's just keep him to one. Eight goals in his last five games, ten points in his last five games. Like you, you have to find a way to. And, and he's not even on their top line. Well, I don't know. I think he might be the top line. You think so? Yeah. You think him, him and Krejci are top line over uh, Mar- or Marshawn and Bergeron. They basically have two top lines. I mean, there's one A, one one A and a half. 
I'm going to look at it as Pasternak plays two minutes a night more than Bergeron and Marchand. So he's the top line. Yeah, no, that's fair. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, oh my God, is he ever going to get paid? Right. Everyone in Boston's like, we take a little bit less to keep the team together and pass is like, bro, I got to feed every fucking relative I have, okay? Yeah, he's like, I'm scoring 64 goals this year. Like, what? Yeah. How are you not going to pay me? He's going to get more than McDavid. That's 100%. Oh, yeah. I think I if just, he went open market, someone would give him 15. I think that's possible. I really do. Especially like you said before, the, um, San Jose almost gave Tavares 13 million. Imagine that. Oh, I know he's a bad money at 11. Imagine him at 13 on San Jose right now. Like, holy shit. I know that would just be, a, that would be awful. They'd have been tanking for Jack Hughes. Big time. Yeah, exactly. hundred um, percent. Honestly, they have to just find a way to outwork this Boston team. Uh, that's, that's just how they're going to do it. And, and they're, they're a team that can, they have, they have the depth to press uh, all four lines. And if they're able to have their lines, some of their lines shut down their Boston's top lines, and maybe they can make that happen. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a hill to climb. But like you say, it is possible for one night. I'm just, Definitely. I don't think the odds will be in our favor. There's, there's certainly not, especially if you're looking to bet on it. But hey, crazier things have happened. And, uh, you know, if we don't get the win against Boston, we have a pretty damn shot, pretty damn good shot at getting a win on Saturday, just two days later, January 14th, where we close out the seven game road trip against the worst team in the league, the Chicago Blackhawks. I know if you were saying Boston is top three in the league and everything, then the next game we're playing their polar opposite Chicago, who's got to be bottom three and everything. They're just having a terrible season. Yeah, terrible. And I feel like some of those decisions coming up, I mean, I feel like it's going to be terrible if they do hold on to Taves and Kane, which seems to be a rumor going around. Yeah, I mean, well, Chicago doesn't really have any choice, right? It's completely up to Taves and Kane. So yeah, they do have the no trade clauses, but it's it's crazy to think that they uh, they're going to be in that situation where they they really can't deal their top guys to help build for the future. That's that's a tough go for the team. Like, how do you not sell it to Taze and Kane. I understand like the extremely rocky relationship and how it's gotten in the last couple years there between the stars and management or lack of relationship, I guess you could say. But with new management stepping in, how do you not go to them and say, look, guys, for the next three, four months of the season, you could go chase a cup run, have a bunch of wins. I know you guys have already won cups, but I know you love to win. So we're going to trade. We'd love to trade you for some prospects and picks. Go have four months of fun, kick ass, and then come back to Chicago in July. Yeah, no kidding. I feel like that's a fair thing to approach them with. And who knows what has what has happened uh, with that, if that's something that's been offered on the table or where things are going to go from here. All we know is Chicago is not going to be a winning team anytime soon. No, they're definitely trying to win the Bedard lottery, and that's the only thing they're trying to win. Yeah. Um, shocker stat here, Durham. They are first in the league in one category. Uh, lowest goals for? No, that would be last, technically, goals for. First in goals against? No, that's probably Vancouver. I don't know. What is it? Face-off percentage. Really? They have the league's best face-off percentage, and they're that's the even of the worse. <laughs> they have they the puck start with the puck, and they're terrible. <laughs> I know that that's terrible. I wonder what uh, Taves's percentage is just based on that stat. Um, his is sixty-four percent. Oh my god, that's fire right now! Sixty-four percent—that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's not too fucking shabby. Not at all. Not at all. 
Um, yeah, yeah. But everything else, like you said, obviously it's going to be bottom of the league, which is uh, no, no surprise there at all. Um, they do have a better penalty kill, but I can't see that uh, be, uh, being the same much, much longer. It's a bit of a revenge game, Durham. They lost to the to the Blackhawks back on October 23rd, uh, 5-4, where Chicago actually won that game. So uh, they play them two more times this year. Hopefully they could uh, pull out two more victories. Yeah, you're certainly hoping to pull out a couple more victories considering the only two players on Chicago that are plus players are Jake McCabe and rookie Lucas Reichel, and he's only been there for three games. Yeah, and credit to him, he's uh, he's done good. He's I think he had a three point game the other night, um, and he's an exciting prospect. He's he's uh, he's really good. Another good German prospect coming up in the ranks. First round pick, I believe he was seventeenth overall. So maybe that'll be something to watch for in that game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But other than that, I'm expecting a big win, and it should be a big win in uh, in Windy City. Yeah, that should be a big two points for Seattle. Hmm. But another challenging one to end uh, the week off. It'll be a Monday, so technically the start of the week, but uh, the last one in our game previews here, and that's going to be back at home uh, after how many days away from Climate Pledge Arena? A lot anyway, and they'll be facing off against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and this team is no joke right now either. No, Tampa is disgusting right now. They're definitely a team who always waits for the second half of the season to really get ready for the playoffs and get ramped up. And sure, they've dropped four of the last five road games, and that's something we'd like to see continue. But like I said, Lightning like to ramp up in the second half. The second half of the season is here, and that means it's storm season. Yeah, storm season. So we got to have some storms collide here and, and make something happen. And again, get revenge on Tampa Bay Lightning for beating the Kraken 6-2 earlier this year. Uh, wasn't that long ago either. It was just December 13th. So, um, But we're back on home at this one. And it's a bit of an earlier start in this one, Durham. Yeah, 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, so interesting. I'm not too sure. January 16th, is that like family day holiday or something on that day? I'm not even sure what the holiday is. Why is there so many early games? Family days in February, I'm pretty sure. Oh, what the hell's going on on this Monday? I don't know. Maybe they just got shit going on. Uh, well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of other early games uh, that day too. So typically, that wouldn't happen on a Monday unless it's a holiday. I'm actually, I'm curious. I'm going to look this up. I wonder, I can't think of any holidays that would be right in the middle of January like that, especially because we just had New Year's, right? Like, not even American ones are popping up in my head. Nothing's on my phone. Um, what did I just read? Uh-oh. What rabbit hole did you fall down? Um, I, well, I Googled it, and it says National Nothing Day. What the fuck? Observed by the United States unofficially. January 16th, 2023 is National Nothing Day. I've never heard of this. That's weird. No, that's got to be some dumb internet. Oh, everything's a holiday shit. There's got to be like just someone else got shit going on. Maybe Did there's some change? other big sport. Martin event. Luther King Jr. Day, I think, is what it must have used to be. I think they renamed it or something. Anyways, that, uh, yeah, Google's playing tricks on me or something. That was weird. National Nothing Day? The damn internet. Damn you, internet. Um, what, What's your predictions for these games, though? Starting with Boston, give me a score. Oh, I hate doing scores. I'm so far off. I'm never, ever right. I don't know. Fucking 5-2 Boston. All right. Chicago? 4-1 Seattle. Tampa Bay? 4-1 Tampa. Ooh, two losses for the Kraken this week. Yep. Even though they've won six in a row. Yep. All right, you heard it here first. We got to Scrooge in the house here. Doesn't believe in the team. What are your predictions? 
Three straight wins, baby. Let's Fuck keep the streak alive. <laughs> uh, no, I just uh, just looking forward to some exciting hockey, Durham. Yeah, cop out, you pussy. Yeah, I am a pussy. I am. I'm, I'm bitching out. <laughs> Football fans, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? So what you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN because new customers can get just $5 on any bet on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. Uh, Durham, hey yes. now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play oh baby is that what it does maddie baneers makes it to the all-star game in his first year in the nhl yeah that's right kraken fans initial rosters are out and maddie baneers has made the pacific division first rookie since I believe 2020 to make the all-star game and the youngest player since Quinn Hughes in 2020 to make the all-star game. Well, him and Logan Thompson are the first rookies technically since Thompson also made the Pacific division. What is he like 36 though? Right. What an old man. Yeah. I mean, how about Maddie Beneers though? 20 years old playing an NHL all-star at 20 years old. That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, that's some uh, that's some Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin level shit. It Kale really McCarr. is, and I mean, thirty two points in thirty nine games. Uh, if you think about way back in our in our uh, season predictions of where this guy would end up points wise, he's right there, exactly where we predicted. Yeah, he's definitely the guy we were hoping would be at the top of the pack, right? Yeah, and I guess he's up to 34 points in 40 games uh, because my doughhead didn't calculate tonight's game um, when looking at his uh, NHL page. So, yeah, the fact that he has, yeah, 16 goals scored in 40 games played right there for that 30-goal pace that we talked about, and we said he'd be right in that 60, mid-60 point range is where we expected him. Yeah, I do think he's going to pace rookies for goals and points and he's most likely bringing home the Calder at the end of the year. Yeah, I know, and uh, for good reasons, too. He's such a dominant two-way forward, and he knows how to put points up on the board, and he scored in five straight games. Of course he's a fucking all-star. How can you not be a fucking all-star when you're ripping him into the back of the net like he is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, yeah, there's still those three spots left, so get those fan votes in, Kraken fans. Uh, who else would you bring from this team? Ooh, from this team, I'd I'd be hard pressed to not look at well what Vince Dunn's done this year and Burakovsky. How do you not make an argument for Jonesy? Yeah, honestly, I I'm uh, I would love to see uh, Jordan Everly go again. <laughs> I don't know. I just love the, the year way he's where he actually this year. deserves it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, last I mean he's way doing way better than he was last season. Uh, at this at this point in the season anyway. And yeah, I would just love to see him again. He's just hands are back to being filthy, it seems. So uh, that'd be pretty fun to watch him three on three and uh, whichever events he would be partaking in. Maddie Benier is going 100 miles an hour in three on three. Oh, he's definitely going to have some 30 year old tell him to fucking cool it. Yeah. What events do you think he'll be in? Uh, like I would love to see him either in fastest skater or probably accuracy shooting. I feel like he'd be, he'd dominate that. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's probably going to be one of those two, one where, you know, they'll make him go hard or if they still, still do one of them passing ones, I could see them make him do that. 
Yeah, like a relay challenge or something. Yep. There's been some rumors of some weird ones that we could potentially see that they're apparently in talks about right now. Oh, right. Did you hear about, I think it was on 32 Thoughts, they were talking to the guy coordinating everything, and he's like, we're trying to figure out how to shoot frozen meat pucks into alligator mouths. And they're like, oh, you mean like fake alligators, right? And he goes, no, I mean like we're trying to get figure out if it's okay if we can shoot frozen meat pucks into real alligator mouths for challenges. Yeah, does that not sound batshit crazy? Like that starts with Florida man in the headline. <laughs> it, did, it honestly does. But uh, if you could get like a like a frozen meat puck and actually, you know, it's just why not have it weigh six ounces too? Just just go full out and get right? these get these guys to just sauce them at the faces of alligators. Just, I mean, let's be honest that that would be amazing to watch. The other idea was like the dunk tank on. Uh, like the beach or whatever, whatever doesn't really meh. But the alligator, I mean, anyone's going to pay money to see that. I just want to see how it would work. Like, do you prop open the alligator's mouth? Obviously you get more points if you score in the mouth, but like what happens if he's just sitting there with it closed, you got to shoot him in the eye to open it and then fire another quick snapper. Yeah. They're going to have to like, you know, make these things aware. And, uh, you know, what distance are we talking about, too? What if alligator just, you know, fucking hurdles out at a guy? Like, are, what's it going to be like? It's a great idea, but there's logistics that have to make sense behind it. Um, I would actually, I'd actually be shocked if the NHL went through with it. You know what? Let's just put a kid out there. Have them distract the alligators. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Just run laps, boy. Yeah, run laps, and then, yeah, just run down the middle, and then here's the whistle, he ducks, ducks the saucer pass, and then alligator just goes for the meat. Exactly. Frozen meat, of course. I would assume. Would it? I don't know. Let's let's jot it up, put something down, uh, draw a couple pictures, we'll send it off to the NHL, see uh, what we get back. Send it to Gary. Good old Gary. He's all over it. He is. Uh, Durham, player of the week. Um, I know we just talked about uh, Beniers' all-star level, and, I mean, he scored in five straight games, but uh, this isn't the player that you had, is it? No, no. I mean, look, I know we just said Beniers is an all-star, but holy hell, have you seen what Vince has done this week? Vince has done this week. I love that. Uh, What has he done? Well, going into the Buffalo game here, in every one of the NHL's last three games, only Pasternak had more points than Dunn's seven. Nobody had more even strength points than Dunn's six. And he leads the NHL in plus minus over that span with a plus seven. And he's a fucking defenseman. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Um, I was just looking. He is a plus 12 in the last five games. That's impressive. That's pretty insane. And he's having such a bounce back season. Last year was insanely terrible at times with his uh, turnover rates and the ones, especially how often they led to goals. It just seemed like he couldn't get an ounce of good luck. And now you look at a stat line this year and through 40 games, 29 points. He's a plus 20 this year. Just outstanding. Yeah, he's on pace. Like, 12 is his career high for goals. He's at 7. Yeah, 7 tonight. Uh, 23 is his, or 28 is his career high for assists. That was last year. He's got 22 tonight. 35 is career for points. He's at 29. Like, he's having yeah, he's, a fantastic year. He's looking to shatter his uh, all his career highs. And for good reason, he's, he's been such a huge part of his team this year. He looks like he was in St. Louis that last year where he was half a point a game. Now all the haters who uh, were dissing our GM, Ronnie Francis, for choosing this guy over Tarasenko. What do you have to say now, guys? What do you have to say now? Tarasenko still has more points. Not up in here. (laughs) I'm saying they just got a free Tarasenko called Tolvanen. Honestly... That's very accurate. 
That could be that could very well be spot on, Durham. It might be. I'm hoping so. Wouldn't that be something? Did you Just actually pull that one out of my ass? Did you see uh what's his name? Uh, toy uh what's the David Poy. Yeah. Did you see his quotes? Yep. What did he yeah, say? Yeah, I exactly? saw that when he was he said, uh yeah, that might be on me. Like that might be my mistake if he ends up being a pretty good player. Talking about Tolvanen. We thought we tried him in a bunch of different spots, but apparently they didn't play him at right wing that often. Yeah, I know. You will that's crazy how it's only been a handful of games and he's already come out and said a quote like that. That's pretty substantial. Like some I uh, a bunch of Nashville fans in the comments and on Reddit and shit were like, Yeah, David, this might get you fired. <laughs> you may want to lay low for a while. You may be wanted for self sabotaging. <laughs> like kill the guy. <laughs> he killed the guy. It was his own team. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's such a just, just a gift, and it, it came at the perfect time too, right around Christmas time. So thank you, Poy, for uh, Poyle. What is it? I, f- I fucking fucked it. David up Poyle. David Poyle. Thank you, Poyle, for the gift. Well, we really appreciate it. I mean, he gave us a second for Lozen, and now he just gave us Tolvanen for free. It's like, bro, just fucking keep being Nashville's GM. Yeah, don't keep mind. the gifts coming. Um, Durham, before we wrap this one up, one last little bit of news here. Shane Wright traded from the Kingston Frontiacs to the Windsor Spitfires, and uh, we knew he was going to be traded. There were some rumors the other day that it was going to be London Knights, but no, little dipsy doodle ends up uh, just down from London, down the highway there to Windsor and lands there. Uh, what do you think about this? Well, I thought it was kind of funny at first. I've forgotten... Like, did you know the OHL banned that you can't trade first round picks? I I forgot about it until uh, I started to see some of the recent trades and thought, how the hell are there no first round picks in these? And then I read on Twitter that, yeah, they banned him. Uh, what, do you know why? I think it's to keep a couple 16 year olds going to every city every year. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes some sense but at the same time kind of limit some of these bigger trades almost yeah but keeping the same number of kids coming in that are going out is probably more important than worrying about whether they trade a first round pick or two seconds yeah no 100 percent, very very true um but anyways back to this trade what'd you think about it i to be honest i don't really know a whole lot about either of those kids involved. I know that Mitama is kind of ranked second round for the NHL draft this year. There was what, three seconds, a third, couple fourths. Yeah. Kind of a bad trade. Yeah. It was seven draft picks to have conditional conditions on them. Um, but yeah, I'm not too familiar with the, uh, there was what the forward there, uh, that was traded and then a defenseman too. Uh, I don't really know much about them. But yeah, obviously Shane Wright lands on a team that, you know, has a chance to go on a bit of a run there. Uh, Windsor's been a decent team. So uh, that that's going to be re- really exciting to just see how this team performs uh, heading into playoff. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he does not just, well, going back to junior, but going to another completely new team. Yeah, 100%. He's uh, he's going to Windsor Spitfires team that has a few other NHL prospects on it. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Probably the best one on the team is right winger Matthew McGill, who's a part of the uh, New York Islanders organization. He's he's actually leading the team with 51 points in 34 games played. So uh, he's definitely got some talent to to play around. Another interesting thing there, Durham, is uh, their captain, the Windsor Spitfires captain, uh, if I could find it here, I believe it's a Brett Harrison, who's a Boston prospect, and uh, he's only played three games this year. Yeah, they just picked him up from, uh, I want to say Oshawa. He, he was just traded there. Interesting. I, I was looking at that. I wasn't too sure. He's got three points in three games. So uh, it looks like they're definitely building uh, down the middle here, especially adding Shane Wright 
so this is going to be exciting. We're going to have to keep an eye on this team. I'm assuming that he's going to be able to get some time in between, you know, either McGeo or this Alex Christopoulos right winger. He's got 40 points in 36 games. So they have a quite a handful of players who are hovering around that point per game range. And it uh, looks like a really good Windsor Spitfires team. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see how they match up against the other top teams in the OHL. One of those being uh, the 67s, who again have been adding to their team as well. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on how this all unfolds and how Shane Wright does on his new squad. Yeah, one thing that's certainly worth noting about Windsor being the team that he goes to is he's been traded to a team where he is absolutely, without a doubt, the guy. He is the best player on that team. He is the best prospect on that team. He should be everything that they need. But like every situation they need somebody, he should be at the top of their list. So this is, in my opinion, the perfect spot for him. He's going to have what? a deep enough playoff run. He's going to get all these different situations to be a leader in those different situations. Yeah, you make great. a great point there. Like, there's no prospect on this team that's like, oh, it was a high first round pick, or even a, uh, like a any kind of first round pick. I don't believe is even on this team. So, uh, the, he is definitely the guy, and he's got to step up and uh, take control of this team, which isn't an easy task to do when you get traded to a new team. But this is kind of what you have to expect out of the fourth overall, Shane Wright, who's you know, had some pretty good performances as of late and showed up in the in the most important games at the uh, World Juniors and then, you know, had a great showing too before coming to that in the AHL. So uh, you really have to step up and become that type of player for this uh, Windsor team. So I think he's in a great situation to uh, to have that opportunity to do that, really take the bull by the horns here. Oh, yeah. Freaking right. So, I mean, look, looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, anything else? No, that's all I got. Yeah, that's that's all I got too, man. That pretty much uh, wraps up episode number 12. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Make sure to rate this episode five stars if you've enjoyed it and stay tuned for episode number 13 when we pick our Kraken mid-season award winners, baby. And of course, uh, anything Kraken news related and looking at those games that they play, of course, and the ones that would be coming up the week prior. So uh, Durham, this pretty much wraps it up. Let's get the puck out of here. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.